Welcome to Risk Roundup. Each one of us, each nation, its government, industries, organizations, and academia, in short referred to as NGIOA, live and exist in an age where cyber criminals can compromise any kind of data and information that can belong to any individual or any entity across nations. Data is the life force of a digital global age. However, the ever-increasing data breaches are becoming a growing problem for each nation. From the small breaches to big and low-profile attacks to high, and from the ones that are not even yet known, data breaches, cyber attacks, stolen data, and data manipulation are practically becoming a routine affair, and there doesn't appear to be an easy way to haul this growing surge of attacks from anywhere and everywhere. No nation, its government, industries, organizations, and academia, or individuals, in short, referred to as NGIOAI, seems to be immune to the data security challenges, irrespective of personal data, corporate data, government data, or big data. Securing data and information is proving to be very complex in a digital global age. While data security faces its unique security challenges in geospace, it is also an issue for cyberspace, and with the amount of digital data ever expanding and exploding across nations, its government, industries, organizations, and academia, in short, referred to as NGIOA, knowing what the true values of the cyber breaches are will become more and more challenging in both geospace and cyberspace. To discuss this further, I'm delighted to welcome Dinesh Obareja. Dinesh is the Chief Operating Officer of Open Security Alliance and Pyramid Cybersecurity based in United Arab Emirates. Welcome, Dinesh. We are delighted to have you on Risk Roundup. Thanks, Jayashree. Thank you very much, Doctor. My pleasure to be with you. Wonderful, Dinesh. So, so Dinesh, let me begin by asking this question that worries probably each and every one of us. In a digital global age, is any data secure? But, uh, data is really not secure in the digital age uh, because uh, it's more of a chimera, it's more of uh, a thought where one thinks that uh, data is secure. And if you go by the, uh, you know, one of the sayings which is so common nowadays, that there are people, there are companies which have been hacked and there are companies which are being hacked. So there's nothing like in between. Okay, so, uh, and uh, that, that primarily is the reason why we would say that data is not secure. So one has to be very careful and uh, vigilant, I must say, to keep, it, keep a lookout and be sure that you are not hacked. That is true, Dinesh, that is very true. Now, how do we go about understanding data security? What does data security mean to decision makers across nations or its government or industries or organizations or academia or even an individual? What would they think that what is data security for them? Well, data security or data security or what we would call information security, either which way. Uh, and in today's age, cyber security, right? So all three essentially go towards the same area. And uh, the misconception which people have, if they put their computers on their servers or lock down their hard drives, you know, everything is fine. Data is secure or information is secure. But that really is, uh, you know, uh, a misconception because uh, it really isn't secure. And 
data by itself, whether it's at rest or in transit, is uh, they, it is always at risk to be protected. So th from my perspective, what I say is that data is the ultimate asset. And uh, if we go back into time before computers, we had files, folders, paper, basically, which we kept under lock and key and in fire fireproof cabinets or whatever. Today, we have uh, bits and bytes. It's not best because it's not visible. You know, if we don't think of it as something which needs to be protected. We, we visible, the computer, the laptop, we take care of that. We, have, we don't think about what is inside and which is much more important than the $1,000 laptop which we have spent. The, the stuff inside may be worth a million dollars is a misconception of what needs to be really taken care of. So that is what, from my perspective, data security is all about. And it is not about uh, hardware security or software security. That's Absolutely true. right. And as you said, you know, we don't picture or vision the data in terms of, you know, bits and bytes, like you said, you know, we always, we are still probably, you know, thinking in that direction, okay, there are some important papers, we have to secure that. But important data or in a digital format, that is not something that we need to, you know, protect. And that's where I think the big challenge is that we still are not tuned to that security aspect of the digital, you know, uh, format of our uh, important papers or important uh, documents. So you're absolutely right. Now, as a decision makers, how would you envision data security for your organization? From my perspective, uh, you know, if uh, my enterprise, I, whether it's five people or it's a 5,000 people company, uh, it's more about, you know, ingraining the vision uh, for data security in the people who work with me. So, uh, right from the time we are, they are inducted, we find that normally what enterprises do is that they do not really, you know, uh, tell you about, about classifying data when it is being uh, generated. I do not tell you about... Uh, security of data or what you should do what you shouldn't do they will maybe tell you about you know the company but this becomes a very important factor so so if it was me i would start with awareness and i'll stop for a moment because over here because while i use the word awareness it's a common word i don't really personally subscribe to the word awareness because it brings a very different connotation and a very misused connotation in the for the security profession perspective. I would call it sensitization. Because that is the sensitization is what we you know bring into the pithy and so that the person empathizes with me and considers the data as important, as sensitive, as critical for the working of the company and for his or her own well-being. I'm as interested in making profit. And if I don't make a profit, my guy does not get his or her money or the company closes down. So sensitize the person into respecting what he or she is generating and uh, achieve, I would say, security. Yes. Yes. No, I'm, uh, those are uh, important you know, uh, suggestions and important criteria that you as a decision maker go through for your organization, you prepare your organization, you create awareness, you educate them, but you do all that when in spite of that, you get, you know, security bridge. So then what would you do? What are the steps you would take 
once you are you know hacked or once you have the security breach right well uh, i i'm not i i'm i'm not a phd in risk like you okay <laughs> but uh, uh, you know it very well again you know the fundamental about 100% risk free right so so taking that as uh, a pointer uh you know even if uh, we are 100% aware something can still go wrong it can be a miss the most important thing over here is uh, again like any risk assessment is that you have to be ready with ready with a mitigation plan and in this case the mitigation plan has to be there at the beginning which is my incident response or management plan and again it's something which uh, companies enterprises do not have or don't understand i don't know why they may have security policies in place uh, their security policies may have you know a page about uh, incident response because there is a mandate or a control uh, from an iso standard or something but but uh, it's not it's never been tested there's no there's no committee you know there's no uh team team it may comprise you know two or three guys from any department just because it has to be there because they have to just comply to something you know and uh, when like they say when the s h o the ceiling uh things go wrong wrong so so uh, that's what i would look at and uh, of course from my perspective again personally speaking the first thing i would look at in my incident management or my incident response plan would be communication as part of the crisis management communication starting internally uh so before i start telling people outside in the outside world that something has gone wrong i would call or you know put it out internally hey guys something has gone wrong and this is what we suspected and i am going to be talking to the people outside and this is the message so please keep it to yourself so the the level of confidentiality or you know keep the gossip under the lid and to keep rumor mongering under the lid you know and uh, so so that's where it starts from communication people don't communicate people just sort of try to sweep it in the carpet keep it in the wraps that they'll there'll be reputation uh, you know loss or whatever yes there is a reputation loss but it's easily repaired because like they say you know uh, trouble can come your way come anywhere's way yes no communication is the key you are absolutely right about that and every organization needs to have a communication plan about how to you know respond internally as well as externally because there are so many different uh, uh, security checkpoints that they need to address once they are hacked and how compliance you know or the nation the industries or the nations you know regulatory requirements they have to meet uh, their legal requirements there are a lot of things that they have to address and uh, you are absolutely right that communication plays a very important role there now right. every nation every industry these days are going towards you know storing their data in cloud cloud is services are picking up you know very rapidly now cloud you know brings their own nature of security challenges because you know all the data is in one place so how would you address your organization as a decision maker for your organization 
if your organization has put all its important data in a cloud, how would you address the security risk of a cloud? And based on your experience, which cloud services encrypt data at rest and provide multi-factor authentication? No. Uh, see, the point is that a cloud provider does not encrypt data. The cloud provider is providing maybe infrastructure as a service or platform or a software as a service, but uh, they are not the ones who will do the encryption. When I buy the cloud service and I am in the cloud, encrypt my data or keep it the way I want to keep it. So whether I encrypt or decrypt or I do a partial encryption, you know, that's my that's my uh, thought process or whatever. Uh, as far as cloud services is concerned, yes, uh, it is everybody moving to the cloud and uh, uh, dependency becoming higher and higher. So, so the thing being that uh, that as uh, we move more into the cloud, you know, using it as a platform, using it, uh, so there, there is a sort of passing on to the service provider. And of course, with the big guys who are in the business, uh, they have uh, matching a num matching amount of you know computing power. So they are doing pretty good till now. Once in a while, yes, there are outages which are bound to happen. And uh, again, if I am buying the service, I need to somehow or the other prepare myself for an outage, even if it happens once in a year or once in five years. You know, wh however it happens, so yes. I have. To prepare myself, and that is what you have to look at when you are looking at the cloud. So, so in case the it's not available, or like if we are in uh, you know in India or whatever, so or any other any other part of the world, your dependency on connectivity is there. So, is your connectivity good or bad? If systems go down, there have been instances where the undersea cables have been cut, right? So. I, a, co a whole continent goes off offline for a day or so. What happens to mission critical business? So one has to consider again a very big uh, requirement for uh, risk assessment, uh, and then uh, you know make it does bring you great value for money, and uh, at times yes, at times it doesn't. So again. Something which one needs to see, yeah. Right, right. No, I agree with you on that. Now, each nation has its own, uh, you know, regulatory compliance requirements uh, when it comes to data security. So, in uh, United Arab Emirates, what are the compliance requirements for key industries? Let's say, if you talk about financial industry, what are the compliance requirements there? Sorry, can you come again, please? In every nation has its own regulatory requirement for the compliance, you know, for the data security for its, you know, very important critical industries, let's say, you know, for example, financial industry. So in United Arab Emirates, what are the compliance requirements for key industries like financial industry or transportation or, you know, telecommunication industry? So what are the compliance requirements for those industries? See the, the, of course, the most common, uh, I would say, the requirement, uh, which I find globally now, uh, global requirement is for storage of uh, data within the natural boundaries of the country. 
so so increasingly there is a there is a demand that uh, servers the storage servers even if they are cloud service providers the cloud in the uae itself and there are companies of course which are providing that service so that regulatory requirement is met with and primarily in terms of data security then again there the, there is no such rule for the banks as such So there the the central bank has uh, has uh, laws uh, which has a regulatory requirement guidelines and all for the banks over there for the from the government perspective there is uh, isa the information security uh, authority which is there and uh, which is called uh, nesa in the uae that is uh, mandated for the government agencies so so both financial and government are regulated in terms of data security and uh, in terms of data retentivity so we like i said there is the requirement for keeping data within the country itself i see i see so uh, they don't allow their uh, vital you know national data to go out of the country it has to be within the nation that's that's very interesting it has it has to good that's a uh, good information now growing use of cloud brings complex security challenges as data is consolidated in one place and we just talked about you know data there what kind of you know challenges it goes through but what if a hacker you know tries to hack that they just have to hack one site and they will be able to get large amount of data access of numerous individuals and entities across you know industries and nations because everyone's data is in one place so my question is how strong is cloud security and do cloud services undergo regular penetration testing to make sure to ensure that you know they are secure and you know hackers won't be able to hack into the cloud uh, that easily or that that would be sort of speculative on my part because i am not a cloud provider having spoken to the providers whom i have come across uh, everyone is very confident about what they are offering and uh, confident to the i would say at times uh, to the point of uh, bravado you know so uh, with, and a couple of them are friends of mine who have said give please don't don't be over confident uh, you know be pragmatic be practical that things can go wrong so but okay having said that you know that's more on a uh, i would say humorous note but uh, More, but yes, the the large again. I would say I would I would uh, say that there are some big ones, some are small ones. The the big guys, of course, they have security in place at the top of the mind. Many times it is when you are using the service, it is very obvious what they are doing or what they have done. Uh, about being able to you know being hacked at the on the back end, uh, chances are yes, chances are there, no doubt about that. Uh, but anybody who does who's able to reach there you know would have already done a lot of damage before being before reaching any of the constituents or any of the uh, clients so so from that perspective you're quite safe probably you are safer on the cloud than you are on your own home okay because uh, there is somebody who's providing you the service and is professionally actually looking at let's say cap capacity as well as availability as well as continuity as well as security 
and you normally don't do all these four, five, ten things together at the same time when you have your own systems over there, you know, for whatever reasons. Whereas they, in that case, somebody who's providing the service. Yes. And these are factors under which she has to take point the sort of turn back and say that yes, you're much more safer over there. But while you are safer, you still have to, you know, you're in somebody else's house. So just be careful of what you place over there. Right. And make sure that you have, you know, you have a backup someplace or the other. Yes, yes, no, absolutely. Now, uh, let's talk about data and its, you know, different uh, natures, different format uh, that data at rest or data in motion. Now, there, uh, there are different, there are many different security technologies for both of the, you know, state data at rest or data in motion. So. Are they, from your observation as a decision maker, do you see that, you know, the effectiveness is there for the technologies for data at rest or data, at, uh, data in motion? Are those technologies effective to secure the data? Well, uh, see, whether data at rest or in motion, uh, there are technologies uh, which are available to secure data. And primarily, again, it is encryption. You have to fall back on encryption and secure your data. So in that case, you secure your data, at least uh, if it is uh, stolen, the person who steals it cannot use it. You know, so, and uh, having said that, unfortunately, we've seen large data breaches happening over the last few years. Every, every breach which happens, breach which happens, we see that uh, it has data which is not encrypted. So whether it's a large company or a small one, a large breach or a small breach, uh, we had uh, OPM stuff was out. We recently had the National Bank of Qatar. It's all you know, plain text. And uh, if we go back into history, wherever we find large dumps, they're all open and easily available and readable. So the sensitive part, the sensitive part and the non-sensitive part, both. You know, so, so whether it's in transit or in uh, uh, at rest, encryption is the key. That is absolutely. And uh, of course, encryption by itself. Uh, the biggest challenge being key management. Yes. Or you know, or even if I have a small, one small uh, Excel or a Word file, and I protect it with a password, and uh, I send it across to you. And then I forget the password. So it's like on my laptop or my machine, and I can't open it the next time I want to try and see it. Like, you know, so, yes. Uh, those and, are, and, uh, you're right, that those are some you know, very complex challenges that each one of us face, and we have to address that. Now, nations today face data destruction, deletion, and manipulation threat. It's not just you know hacking. But a lot of hackers are trying to destroy, delete, or manipulate data, especially when we look at the financial industry, right. they are able to succeed in that. That's a you know, very critical security risk we are facing. So cyber criminals, as we know, that they don't just uh, attack and you know, try to just steal data, but they delete it or manipulate it. This is a very critical risk facing each and every one of us or each and every nation, I would say. So how can be prepared for such kind of you know security threats 
you know, uh, again, uh, I'll fall back on uh, something which I, uh, two words I, I use very often, uh, common sense. So, this is just common sense. Data is okay. Encryption. Why haven't I encrypted whatever I do? Okay. Uh, now, we're talking about a nation. Now, a nation has, uh, let us say, financial data or whatever. whatever. Now, we talked about manipulation. Now, manipulation happens uh, through maybe somebody like getting a privilege access and manipulating the system or whatever, you know, certain configurations or whatever, or backdoor or putting some sort of a, a logic bomb or malicious code, you know, that way. So is my is my change managed? Simple thing like change management. Am I doing it or not? You know, it, it is again depending on the criticality of uh, the function which I am trying to protect. Critical infrastructure, for example, are still not looking at that. Uh, people are still living because they are air gapped. And whereas every researcher has said that air gaps are not, uh, you know, secure for you. It's not that we have an air gap. Uh, in terms of data manipulation, again, we just in the last, I would say, four or eight weeks, we had major manipulation happening at Bangladesh Bank. We had a major manipulation happening in Ukraine with the power with the, with the power uh, plant over there, power grid. I would say sorry. So these are things which are there and they are very obvious, and uh, they are obvious as about what's happening. You know? So it's about uh, thinking that hey, it won't happen to me. It's yes. not happening to you today, right? It's because the criminal has still, you know, got to come out of real life into the internet. So we we, we have seen organized gangs, organized crimes, not just interstate but international uh, gangs like that. Uh, we've seen, uh, I would say, activism, hacktivism, international in nature. And it's like somebody, you know, has a twist of the mind and does something wrong, is not very far away. So because the human mind again is so, so, so we, we we see, you know, news about uh, some lone guy or some terrorist gang going in, you know, indiscriminately shooting in the in cities like Bombay or other places, right? Or or Paris or or Brussels. So and we see individuals going and shooting kids in school. So it can be an individual, it can be a gang, it can be, you know, whatever. And uh, a terror organization. So that's not very far away for them to be able to get that expertise or, you know, just kidnap somebody who has expertise, put a gun to the guy's head and say, hey, buddy, you're dead. Out of 10 guys whom they kill, the 11th guy will do the job. So this is a dangerous world, yes, no doubt about that. Yes, yes, dangerous, no, it, dangerous time. It is. It dangerous is a time. It, these are these are dangerous times. You're absolutely right. Now there is also another aspect. As a decision maker, you are doing everything to prepare your, uh, you know, organization uh, to 
proactively you know prepared so that you know there are no cyber security uh, risk you know and you are prepared for it you try to do everything you know by the books you put together all the plans and everything but one of your employee or one of your you know contractor working for you insider who has access to the you know uh, data or to the system he has the password he has all the you know uh, access uh, requirements that uh, you know anyone would need uh, to see or everything that is on the system and he steals all the data for personal benefit or for you know uh, selling it or under you know threat or for whatever reason so how would you as a decision maker manage these kind of you know security risk coming from the insiders who are trying to steal the data see again there, there is technology uh, like let's say data loss prevention or something like that or even locking down uh, computer configurations and uh, things like that so of course is the first uh, level of first line of defense is to put technologies in place and uh, if you go back to the earlier question about sensitization so it's not okay if somebody if if an employee of mine has if an employee of mine has uh, a malicious intent uh, any type of, any level of sensitization would not do any good no doubt about that but uh, somebody who is in a critical position uh, i have to of course uh, make sure that he or she is you know uh, in the proper or keep a lookout for any signs which can tell me that something is going to go wrong and uh, to take a preventive action or proactive action at that time and uh, see it's like it's like uh, again there are there are there are instances where uh, you know which have taught or uh, things like this which have gone wrong uh, and the biggest example which i always quote is uh, that of gentleman uh, called terry childs from san francisco he was a system administrator over there for the for the city and uh, he locked down he changed the password on one of the central servers and he locked down the city so i think he was jailed and then the mayor of san francisco went down to the jail and got the it took about 10 or 15 days for them to get the password back from him but uh, and that's what happened uh, companies most enterprises so what i call it god, you know god rights you they give god the person who's the the person who's the system administrator or the person you know with uh, with the keys to the kingdom uh he or she assumes a position of being god in the organization because everybody thinks hey this is like you know rocket science and they forget that uh, even if there's there's a password i should get the password written on a piece of paper and maybe put it you know in an envelope and put that in my fireproof safe so if you and it, it's as simple as that so it's as simple as a ceo if you go and ask the ceo of the company hey uh, mr ceo where, where is the what is the password machine he may not know, he may not know the password for his own laptop or the wifi and of course he would not know where the backup is kept so he'd say hey it's not my job come on yes whatever is there belongs to you to your company it is your job you sign on the annual report and you have a fiduciary and a moral responsibility and liability to take care of
So you just can't close your eyes and go away from there. Right, right, right. Now, what are the global trends you see in data security uh, in 2016? Can you hear me? Hello. Yeah. What are the global? No, I lost you. Oh, okay. Uh, what are the global trends that you see in data security in 2016? Well, the primary trend which I see is uh, uh, crime. Crime hitting the small guy and the big guy. Okay, that's one. The second thing which I see is that uh, mankind is building more uh, targets for the criminals, or I would say increasing increasing the surface for crime to take to take uh, to have fun or to dance on. Uh, and the IoT boom which is happening across the globe. We talk about Internet of Things. We talk about smart cities. We talk about Connected everywhere, connected. We talk about uh, Wi-Fi everywhere. We talk about uh, Loon, and we talk about uh, you know. So basically, needs to happen, no doubt about that. Because, but at the same time, by virtue of not thinking of security, the design phase itself. Okay, what we are doing is increasing the fabric, uh, the surface uh, for crime to take place. Uh, and when I say that, yes, uh, the trend which I see, the trend I see is for uh, for exponential exponential increase in the in the number of uh, cyber crimes happening is another trend which I see. And uh, primarily, again, I'm looking at email seeing uh, ransom crimes. You know, these are two becoming they're they're very common. They're very common, uh, easily done by perpetrated by any small time. Only small timer criminal also, so and and it's like you know something where gangs can easily walk in and do whatever they want to do over there. Besides that, of course, uh, the usual uh, terrorism, the threat from terrorism, yes, and of course uh, cyber espionage. So again, enterprises have to be careful over there. Very careful, because uh, the the number of people, the number of boys or girls, increasingly available for, for a price, mercenaries for a uh, hacker for hire type of person, is uh, also increasing. And if, when uh, corporates, uh, you know, do not have good security in place, it's easy target pick them up, and it's easy, you know, that you want. Malware to be able to exfiltrate data from there. Right, right. Now there are many who say that security will become the next big front for big data, as security infrastructure will increasingly take on big data-like attributes. However, there are also some that uh, predict that big data technology in security context will stay mature, expensive, and difficult to manage for most organizations. At least in 2016, as targeted attacks are becoming more sneaky and this you know cyber criminals are also very smart people and they're making it very complex to identify attack that is in progress so 
there are no tools available at this point to know if the attack is you know going on right now so there is no way to know if there is an attack in progress so what are your observation on thoughts uh, about you know identifying you know if there is an attack going on what would you you do as a decision maker see uh, i i personally am very excited, excited about big data uh big data and security i i it has a great future and i think that is the future the reason being the reason being that uh, you know uh first we used to say align it with business now we say align is with business okay and last 15 20 nobody has tried to align and nobody is aligned but having said that uh, security the security domain you know uh, let's say it has its fingers in every single function of an organization so whether it's hr admin finance audit uh, sales anything which you may say there is a security component out there okay what need what is now need to be the i would say the, the next frontier the next frontier is where big data brings all business information uh technology information and security into one single lake you put it all into a single data lake and correlate stuff on each other and you are bound to get knowledge for every single person see if you if you just only let your imagination uh run uh in a way think of a data lake as a management meeting where you have you have managers from different functions from across the organization from different departments from different locations so maybe you've got a thousand managers across the world you think of all those managers at one single location and you think of them and saying hey you did this i had this on hand and you can use this and the third guy pipes up and says hey guys if you have this you have a and b i can use a and b to sell c in my in my in my geography and another guy pipes up that if you are doing c please be careful because there is this threat going around even for yesterday you know so you can imagine where big data is a lake Where you have information from everywhere in the world, every function, including security, and you have your threat fields or whatever, and you try and bring it together. It's a tall order, no doubt. It's expensive, no doubt. But there will be smaller models which may come in time, and will be good for SMBs. But at least to start with, the big guys can start doing that, because the big guys already have BI tools in place. but they also have security and analytical tools in place they also have technology uh, monitoring systems in place It's differently and they don't talk to each other they meet in the management meetings and they say oh this is wrong and that's wrong my bandwidth is choked my this is bad this security breach happened that happens but uh, is there's no correlation so that is where i see it happening yes Yes. Now uh, you know that uh, it is not just the security of the computer systems 
but uh, i mean we also need to ensure that the networks are secure and we also need to ensure that the physical premises where the computers are located they are also secure so all everything the physical security network security and the cyber security they are all getting interconnected and interdependent and everything needs to be addressed collectively to make sure that the data is protected the data is secure and we can prevent unauthorized access changes to data disclosure or destruction of data so all these right. you know different you know securities are integrated based on your observation do you see organizations having a planning that involves all the integration points physical security network security and security of the computers no <laughs> you don't see in, that in one word in one word no in one word the reason being again see the, the glass wall between physical and uh, uh, i would say physical and technology security between 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 uh, information security and information technology between this and finance between finance and hr between hr and admin between admin and sales they all you know there's there's a glass wall between uh, for which is there in each department and uh, it's difficult to say that yes uh, you know but when when the when there's a crisis they all come together and talk to each other and if at that time you say hey guys why didn't you do it earlier oh we will do that you know and so but but the, like i said earlier the early question of yours is that uh, the way i see it is that yes give us some time they will have to come together i i don't i don't see i i don't see any analyst having or still talking about you know a convergence of uh, business and uh, technology functions uh, coming together but uh, see there are technologies for example let's take cctv for example cctv for example and there is there is technology which can identify uh, uh, facial features it can identify a person's gait it can identify uh, abandoned bags or you know stuff like that or actions and alert you uh on cctv now when it alerts you why can it that can also issue an alert to any xyz person who's in the escalation matrix right so so if that is with my uh, with my security controls and there's just one simple control called tailgating right we all say that hey uh, one of the controls is that you should put uh, you know uh, have a control that nobody tailgates when you're entering the office premises so a cctv camera with that capability can easily tell me this tailgating happening or not yes and my control but and you have to put in some extra investment and automate yourself and look towards using big data that is very true no the, the i i think uh, i see that challenge across many organizations that you know they don't see the urgency or they don't see the need for integration of all these you know different uh, aspects of security they are still working in silo and that is the big you know security challenge now there is also another challenge that you know if you look at any organization uh, 
personal data is tied with corporate data and also government data yeah. so because people bring you know their mobile devices you know the laptop uh, their ipads and iphones and other you know smartphones and they then they have access the company data on that too and uh, corporations also have the personal data of their employees and corporations also uh, government also has the data on you know corporations and uh, em employees so everything is interconnected integrated so how are nations or how are organizations managing the data security of you know all these different data that they have personal data corporate data and government data how are they uh, approaching the data security from all these different angles well uh, one is of course uh, when you containerize it that's uh, i speak if i give you the answer in the classic technology perspective or the classic security technology and usage perspective that yes you have byod and uh, we have containerization and we have mdm <clears throat> these are technologies which will allow you to sort of you know containerize and stuff like that and uh, you stop usbs and place and so you can stop data from coming in or going out you you do data classification and you you know are able to segregate personal and business data but having said all that uh, uh, there is another point of view which i sort of uh, bring in on in, in personal conversation of course this doesn't work this doesn't work with enterprise clients because like you said that uh, the thinking is still very legacy oriented Okay, uh, and uh, path-breaking thought has to come in, which which is sadly missing in a number of places, and even when it is there, management refuses to accept it because of the fear of the unknown. Okay, so so the thought the path the thought very different is that you cannot stop uh, progress. We you could not stop the old the the old phones from becoming smartphones. You could, you can't stop the phones from becoming smarter. You can't becoming your computer or your handheld device. You can't stop the laptop disappearing. You can't stop the phone from disappearing and becoming a wearable, maybe like a Google, like a, like a Glass, you know, or or a Fitbit wristband. And you're talking that. So, so is it for somebody to? Uh, or for to someone to monitor that. If we take another example from from history, uh, at one time, you see, like in India, you 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 work late in the office. You are on your own to go back home. Today, if a person is joining a BPO or something like that, still provide the air conditioned transport to go home. Times are different. Times are changing. People have to change. So, yes. this is something which uh, the enterprise has to build the bridge, embrace technology, embrace the march of technology, and the fact that personal and business life is together. And again, tell, make sure that the person does not use the machine in a compromised manner. When he or she takes it home, see, there's another flip side to this. There's another side to this. If I turn back and say, "Hey, Mr. CEO, I'm carrying work home," you don't have a problem with that. But if I bring some personal data in, 
into the workplace or my my smartphone in the workplace you have a problem with that how does it work and if i say hey mr ceo i am doing my official emails on my smartphone so should i ask you for a salary for that too it doesn't work that way we have to somehow find that common ground and accept the march of technology and accept that life is different life is changed we are still not accepting that life is very 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 different and is changing by the by the minute by the second yes yes it is everything is changing you're absolutely right now there is another very important aspect uh, that i see you know uh, each and every entity facing across nations and even each and every individual uh, they are facing this complex challenge is the data deletion everyone thinks that by just you know deleting that you know by clicking the delete button that they are securely deleting the data uh, data deletion if not done in the right way poses tremendous security challenges so what exactly is a secure deletion data if you can you know share your uh, input there well uh, deletion you know i'll go back to my first uh, response to you is that uh, as a I close my laptop and I think everything is closed and safe over there. Nobody is seeing what's inside over there, right? But uh, it is not shut down. It's hibernating or it's in sleep, sleep mode. And I just don't know that there may be some smart guy in the whole world who has put some or whatever in there, which wakes up when is when the computer goes to sleep. No, we just don't know. anything is possible this is a man made world and it's it's a, it's a man made uh, whatever you may call it and if nature can spring surprises on us man has created stuff which is spring more surprises than anybody else so so come back to the deletion part of it uh, that again is a misnomer is a chimera again that uh, i deleted something and it's gone and of course there are some forensic experts uh, like any of my friends who you give them a laptop and he'll say okay i'll retrieve it for you so whatever is deleted comes back to life and uh, so it's it's you know it's like he is the same human thing that i erased it and it's gone but uh, with little realizing that it's not gone that's one now it does a secure deletion uh, tools to do secure deletion uh, Like they say, five pass or six pass deletion, Gaussian uh, erasure, and uh, technologies or whatever technology terms you know to do that. Okay, but uh, if it is so highly critical, as a national secret or something, and I am from an enemy state or I'm from an interested state, and uh, I get my hands on something which you feel has been deleted, I would I wouldn't mind spending enough. money and computing power to even go and you know retrieve whatever has been uh, deleted whether it is securely deleted or not i would still make that effort and even if i get fragments let's say i, I will not get stuff out of that in all probably i'll get i'll get zilch but even if i get some fragments that may also be some pointers for me so uh, but in the let's say the in real life or in this thing no it doesn't work it doesn't work at all now there is another big challenge and of course if you put 
Yes, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, and of course, if you have your pictures, uh, unf you know, unfortunately, you have some pictures of yours, whether they are inappropriate or appropriate pictures, you know, or you have some mails of yours, or if you have stuff of yours, which accidentally is put on the net and then delete it, is you can you can be sure it's still there. Yes. Now there is also another security challenge I see that you know there are some industries that have walked away from using thumb drives. They don't allow uh, any of their employees to, or their computers don't even have access to the thumb drives. You can't just insert there. But there are still a lot of industries and a lot of enterprises, organizations across nations that still allow that. And uh, the people come, you know, they use their thumb drives, they take the data of the corporate data on that, they bring their personal data. Sometimes they lose those, you know, thumb drives. How are organizations keeping a track on the thumb drives that are being issued or used or the ones that are lost? How are they managing that? There's again no way because uh, it's lost. You know, it's like playing, it's like playing with fire. So you have, uh, you know, on the one hand, we talk about uh, uh, securing and making sure that our corporate secrets don't go out. And on the other hand, we allow what I call frivolous, uh, you know, frivolous intentional exfiltration. So you put in a thumb drive and uh, you, they become smaller by the day and with larger capacity. You can get a 100, 120 gig pen drive, which is like as big as your fingernail. And uh, no way you can really take care of that. Yes. It's, going, it's bound to get lost, lost. Yeah. Or somebody takes it away from you, or somebody borrows it. You know, it happens that way too. Somebody borrows your thumb drive. Say, I just want to copy a file, and you have corporate data in that. So while I'm copying that one file onto your thumb drive for whatever reason, I copy the stuff off your thumb drive. You know. Uh, and there are so many things which you can do with that. So it's so for anybody who allows it, oh, it's a wrong thing. What they are doing is playing with fire, and you're bound to get burned. Yes, yes. No, that is very true. Now you have been working uh, in United Arab Emirates as well as India. You have been advising many organizations on how to secure, how to achieve their cybersecurity. Um, what are the challenges that you see based on your observations in these two countries, India and United Arab Emirates, that worries you in how security is being addressed? See, what is worrisome is that, uh, you know, I call it the creamy layer, the creamy layer of, co of corporates, uh, keeping the government aside. The government has got good funds and uh, they have direction. But and among the corporates, the larger corporates who, like I said earlier, whoever have the funds uh, to be able to put the money in and you know, hire the right people, they they are securing themselves. But you move down one one level to the to the SMB segment, and it is scary. It is very scary because uh, they don't have budgets. They hire the wrong people, and uh, they do and uh, whatever they do, it's like you know somebody say you go to a SMB and he says I'm secure. They say oh, that's 
good, sir. You are secure. So, yes, I have a firewall. Does not make a, the the whole network may be full of different types of viruses, all botnets, doing all the dirty things in the world. But he has a firewall, and the firewall has, you know, standard or what do we call out of the box configuration. So many horror stories about such things like so. Sorry about that. The chain, the uh, small business with five computers, two computers, or hundred computers, or two hundred computers. That size of business, they don't. Security is not something you take seriously. So security is not something they, you know, think in terms of their that it's a business necessity. That awareness or that uh, acceptance has to still come in. So, so the banks, yes, the enterprises, yes, they would have the, they would have proper you know processes or stuff in place, but uh, no, lower down the chain, where scary, like I said. So if you have the power to change how security is addressed in United Arab Emirates or in India. What would you do? What is that one thing you would like to do? I would go and catch the OEM. Okay. I would catch the OEM. I would catch the guys who make the hardware. I would catch the guys who make the software and make sure that at least first they make secure stuff. See, it, it is not that it starts, uh, you know, when I buy some. If I am buying a car, okay, I am not the guy who's gonna. You know, uh, I just fine tune the brakes. I know the guy who's going to fine tune the wipers. If they work good when it's raining or it's snowing, I know the guy who's going to, you know, adjust the fog lamps or the headlamps. Yes. But when I buy a car with the proper, it comes to me with the proper systems, right? It is tested for security. It is tested so that the brakes are, you know, the brakes work. It is tested so that if there is an act, if it front ends somebody, the airbags open up. So yeah, it's a, it's free for all. Yeah. I was this is a few months back. I was reading an article in the Economist. Uh, this is about uh, home routers. It's so scary. That practically every router uses firmware, which is uh, you know, I would say vulnerable, or has some issues, and that was discovered about five years back, and there's a patch issued for that. The firmware there's a patch the the makes that firmware issued a patched system, so they close my door or the vulnerability in that. In spite of that, even today around 60-70% of home routers have that same vulnerability. They're using the same old version of the firmware. So it's yes. so scary. You know? yes. So that's yes, what I, I would that's what I would look at is stop the rot from being created. So don't come and blame me when I get uh, hacked or something. The blame lies somewhere else. Yes, okay. I may I don't have processes or systems in place. Okay. Nobody told me when you told me please change this. 
I read about it outside. Nobody came and told me that uh, something can go wrong. So uh, that's that. That's what I was sort of first look at. And yes. of course, then the, then comes the people, the processes, the technologies, or whatever, right? Yes, no, you are right that, you know, we would expect that the uh, hardware and software that we are getting, you know, uh, for this uh, use in cyberspace to connect, you know, the computers yeah. and all the, you know, accessories that come with that, that they come secure. And right now there is a growing tr trend about promoting security first architecture that, you know, we want to make sure that the softwares that we build, they are already secure. Right. And if, if we have that, yeah. then it is, we have already achieved you know first line of defense and then like you said you know we have to still right. work on people processes and you know uh, a lot of other factors but we do hope that you know across nations that uh, all the hardware and software that we get uh, yeah. to use for the cybersecurity i mean to use in cyberspace they are already secured and they are you know Nothing is like 100% secure, but we still hope that, you know, they have enough security that hackers cannot easily, you know, uh, access that or hackers cannot hack that. So, uh, Dinesh, thank you so much uh, for joining me on Risk Roundup and sharing your thoughts about uh, how to secure data and what are the trends and, you know, how... Uh, United Arab Emirates and how Indian organizations are approaching uh, cybersecurity and how they are, what their efforts are towards securing the data. So uh, thank you so much for that. Our global viewers and listeners would definitely learn a lot from how these two nations are addressing security and how data, you know, is uh, secured. So uh, I appreciate your time for that. Thank you very much. Thanks, Sashi. Take care. Bye. So, Emerging security threats from cyberspace and rapidly evolving technology are creating a very complex and rapidly changing landscape for data security. With new security threats appearing at a rapidly increasing pace, each NGIOA is working hard to secure the data. While everyone is trying to secure the data, it is important to evaluate if we have the right approach to data security, whether we have effective framework that would allow us to effectively manage data security risk or whether we have right tools, technology and processes to achieve the data security. Risk Group Cybersecurity Risk Research Center and Strategic Security Risk Research Center are created for this very reason so that we can collectively identify, evaluate and manage the risk facing NGIOA in CGS, that means nations, its government, industries, organizations, and academia in cyberspace, geospace, and space. And then we can discuss, debate, and define necessary frameworks, structure, processes, tools, and technologies to manage the security risk of not only the digital global age, but also of the coming technological super conversions. We also are making an effort to integrate and coordinate risk management and governance framework at all levels within and across nations for managing security risk facing NGIOA in CGS amidst the rapidly emerging technological superconvergence. We at Risk Group believe that risk management, security, and peace walk together hand in hand. Though security is related to management of threats and peace to the management of conflict, risk management is related to the management of security vulnerabilities as well as management of conflict. And it is not possible to conceive any one of the three without the existence of the other two. All three concepts feed, with the, feed into each other. We believe that the security we build for ourselves is precarious and uncertain until it is secure for everyone across nations. Tradition becomes our security. So if we build 
A culture of managing risk effectively, it will lead us to security and security will lead us to peace. Let's manage the existing and emerging risk together. For more information on the risk roundups, to watch the risk roundup videos or to hear the risk roundup podcast, please go to riskgroupllc.com and do not forget to subscribe and share. Until next time, I'm Jayashree Pandya, host of Risk Roundup, signing off. See you next time. Thank you.